Okay, folks. I have a few notices, uh, and that is, uh, firstly, as the, you are probably aware that Tony Green died a week ago today. Uh, he was our treasurer, long-time member here, very good friend to, to many of us. And his funeral, his, well, celebration is this Tuesday here at 12 noon. So we will celebrate Tony's life. And uh, it's going to be a lovely celebration. Uh, the the cre- crematorium service is completely private. Um, sorry about that. It's just a couple of people there. And uh, it's going to be very brief. The celebration is going to be here at 12 noon on, thir- uh, on Tuesday. Uh, there'll be a light lunch in the, in the main hall And uh, there are no flowers, but any donations will be shared between St. Luke's, uh, where Tony was uh, a trustee, and here, where he was a trustee as well. Also, Alpha starts tomorrow, the Alpha course. Uh, If you are touched in any way by anything you've seen, uh, or you've felt anything supernatural, I I would suggest it's because there may be a God. And... In front of you, in the pews, are invitations to our Alpha course. Uh, And that's a place to come and bring questions. To even bring your disbelief uh, and bring it. uh, And talk with other people and find out what this thing, faith in Jesus, is. What it's all about. And you would be really welcome. Uh, And if you would like to invite anybody to come, please do. It's a beautiful thing. There's... Great food, lovely tables, wonderful conversation. You or your friends would be really, really welcome. I wonder if you'd turn in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 8. This is uh, my last stab at uh, this series on spiritual leadership. Uh, I pass the baton over to John who takes over from this evening and uh, will continue all through next Sunday as well. But we're thinking today uh, about leading like Jesus. That's the, the thing we're thinking of. We've looked about being who you are, knowing who you are. Then last week we looked at uh, three temptations that Jesus faced. The temptation to be incredibly relevant and, and practical and pragmatic, to turn bread Sorry, turn stones into bread. We looked at this temptation to be incredibly spectacular and throw himself down from the highest point of the temple uh, in a great show of razzmatazz to be lifted up by angels. And we looked at the temptation of Jesus to have all the nations of the world, this temptation to be incredibly powerful. And we saw how each time Jesus refuse that temptation from the enemy. Well, this morning I just want to show uh, in one passage how that all comes together in Jesus' life. So page 972 in the Pew Bibles, Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. 
Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of all his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Let's pray together. Father, would you speak to us through your word? We pray that it would penetrate much more than our ears. That your word might penetrate our hearts and our lives and our doing and our coming and our going. Father, may it be supernatural. I pray that you'd help me as I preach and you'd help us all as we listen. In Jesus' name, amen. I had a conversation with a really good friend of mine this week, and uh, he, he was a little bit down, sounded a little bit depressed, and uh, he's facing retirement and decided to take retirement a, a, a year early, actually, because of the heaviness he felt. And the conversation went around fruit. What is spiritual fruit? My friend said, I, I will retire after Christmas if I don't see any fruit. Uh, and so he'd been seeking God for fruit, and he hadn't seen any. And with a heavy heart, he told me this story. And I was really sad, because he is quite possibly the most fruitful person I've ever met. The trouble is, he's looking at the wrong thing for fruit. And we often do that. We think the spectacular is fruitful. We think the, the powerful is fruitful. We think the right up to the moment pragmatic and relevant is fruitful. My friend hasn't seen anybody baptized for a good few years. And so he said he has no fruit. But my friend has walked with people in their 90s and their 80s. He has loved and he has held them. He's given them cause to rejoice in their final years. And I've said, your ministry is utterly fruitful. To which he said, now you're making me feel bad that I'm retiring. <laughs> it's amazing how we look at things and how God looks at things completely differently. So here we are in Matthew's Gospel, and the very first words are when Jesus came down from the mountainside. Now, to any Jewish listener, that's really significant, because, because the mountainside is this place of meeting with God, this place of utter transformation. Abraham took his son to the mountain to sacrifice him, and there they met God. The mountainside was the place that, uh, m that Moses came down from. You know the old corny joke, what kind of car does Moses have? A triumph, because he came down from the mountain in his triumph. You remember that? Maybe not. Okay. No gags called. Well, no gags. Hard audience. Okay. Mountainsides are so amazing. What's Jesus been doing on this mountainside? He's been teaching in fact, he's been doing his sermon. This is the main sermon that Jesus preaches. It's called the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, the Sermon on the Plain in Luke. It's that sermon that starts, blessed are you, for you will be. Blessed are you who are peacemakers, you'll be called children of God. Blessed are you who mourn, 
for you shall be comforted. Blessed are you who are spiritually poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. It's an incredible sermon. And this is what Jesus has been doing. This is a fundamental, incredible moment in his ministry. He has just preached his Gettysburg address. What will he do? Will he be incredibly pragmatic and practical and go to Herod and Pilate and win them to the cause? Will he be incredibly spectacular and reveal his glory from heaven? Will he be incredibly powerful and command armies to restore order and justice in Israel and then the world? He comes down the hill and he meets a leper. Now this word leper in our Bibles is a kind of catch-all for people on the outskirts of society. Those with diseases that people wanted nothing to do with. Uh, it, it was often used to describe any kind of skin condition. I've got a big old spot coming on my chin. It's huge. It's starting to turn into an extra head, actually. Uh, and uh, if I had that 3,000 years ago, sorry. If I had that 3,000 years ago, it would be my duty to present it to the priest. That's a job and a half, isn't it? And the priest would examine my spot. He'd have a look and see if there are any hairs in it and what color the hairs are. Uh, and uh, if there was, you know, I don't need to go on, do I? It's not nice, but that's what he'd do. And not only that, he would shave me from head to toe and examine the rest of my body. He would then make me go into a tent outside the town for a whole seven days. After seven days, he'd bring me back and shave me again, and he'd have a look at my spots. And he would say whether I was clean or unclean. If I was unclean, I would be called a leper, and I would be cast out of society. I would have to leave my family, my career, my children, and live outside the town. That's the way it worked 3,000 years ago. We've not been much better. Until the 1800s, this was a religious service said to a leper. This is what happened. It's called the Mass of Separation. It's the Mass spoken by a priest. It was performed at the site of a leper's home or his hut. And get this, the whole parish would accompany the priest as he said this. This is what he'd say. I forbid you to ever enter a church, a monastery, a fair, a mill, a market, or an assembly of people. I forbid you to leave your house unless dressed in your recognizable garb, unless you are dressed and recognized as a leper, ringing a bell, crying unclean. I forbid you to wash your hands or launder anything or to drink at any stream or fountain unless using your own barrel or dipper. I forbid you to touch anything you buy or barter for until it becomes your own. I forbid you to enter any tavern. And if you wish for wine, whether you buy it or it is given to you, have it funneled into your keg. I forbid you to share a house with any woman but your wife. I command you, if accosted by anyone while traveling on a road, to set yourself downwind of them before you answer. I forbid you to enter any narrow passage, lest... I'd pass a by, bump into you. 
I forbid you wherever you go to touch the rim or the rope of a well without donning your gloves. I forbid you to touch any child, any time, or give them anything. I forbid you to drink or eat from any vessel but your own. That's what your pastor would say to you. It's not very nice, is it? And Jesus comes down from the mountainside where he's preached, blessed are the poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who mourn, for you shall be comforted. Blessed are you who are peacemakers, for you shall be called children of God. Blessed are you. And here is this leper. In my mind's eye, I called him Simon, because there's a Simon the leper that turns up much later. And Simon has had this happen to him. He's had some skin disease and he's gone to the priest and the priest has shaved him and the priest has told him to leave. And so Simon the leper lives from town to town on the outskirts. He lives in the rubbish areas where people throw their garbage and their dross. He spent some time just outside the walls of Jerusalem and there the rubbish tip is called Gehenna. And there it's always smoking and flaming. And there this guy lives, eating the things other people have thrown away. It's interesting that Gehenna is translated in our Bible, hell. This leper lives in hell. And he wanders from place to place, always being moved on. If he gets too near to anywhere... The guards come out and they drag him away. There was this one time where he was desperate to go to church. He was desperate to go to the synagogue. His, his, his knuckles were bloody from banging on the door. What are they singing? What are they talking about? And the temple guards came and grabbed him. And they threw him out into the rubbish. Simon the leper, that's his story. It's probably some of our stories as well. Going from place to place with masks on, being alienated, cold-shouldered, even by religious people, feeling all alone, not meeting the mark, not coming up to scratch. That's how he felt. He'd heard these stories of this man who'd come, Jesus. Come from God, they said. And he wanted to hear of Jesus. He'd heard of miracles, this miraculous catch of fish. There'd been this town called Capernaum where everyone had been healed. And he wanted to hear him and wanted to see him. And he heard that Jesus was preaching on a hill nearby. So Simon the leper, carefully and stealthily, from rock to rock, draws near to Jesus to hear the message. He hears the opening lines. Blessed are you who mourn, for you shall be comforted. Simon knows what it's like to mourn. He mourns his children. He mourns his wife. He mourns his career. He mourns the friendships and the eating and the feasting. He misses the high fives. 
and the embrace of a friend. He knows what it's like to mourn. He hears Jesus say, Blessed are you who are spiritually poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And it's that that changes everything. He's spiritually poor. He couldn't be more spiritually poor. You see, leprosy was seen as a judgment from God. An indication of God's great displeasure. Hezekiah, you remember, when he got proud and arrogant, he had leprosy. There are some scholars who argue that that great phrase, though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow, is actually talking about God's judgment. That our sins are so bad that the only way God can deal with us is with leprosy, making our skin like snow, flaking off in white bits. That is not true. But that even people could think that indicates this idea that leprosy and cleanliness go together. That disease and illness go hand in hand. It's some form of judgment from God on this man. And what does Jesus say? Blessed are you who are spiritually poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. You've no idea. Oh, she can stay, Tim. You've no idea how this is music in his ears. Because he's always been told that the kingdom of God belongs to the Pharisees, those rule keepers. The kingdom of God belongs to the Sadducees, those powerful men in the temple. That the kingdom of God belongs to the Essenes, those aesthetics who live in the wilderness eating locusts and honey. But the kingdom of God belongs to me. A spiritual zero. He believed that the kingdom of God belonged to the people who went week after week to the synagogue, to the church. Not the spiritual heroes, Jesus says. The spiritual zeros. The kingdom of God belongs to you. Well, Simon forgets the crowd around him, but not for long. Because Jesus hasn't said many more things before a stone zips past his ears. And then another, and then another. He's been spotted by a 14-year-old boy. And soon the stones come thick and fast as people spot leper. Leper, they cry. Simon runs as the rocks and the stones pelt him. The crowd stop listening to Jesus as they throw the stones. And once Simon has gone... They go back and listen to Jesus teach. But Simon doesn't go very far. He waits. What goes up must come down, he thinks. And Jesus will have to come down from this mountain. And I'll be waiting. That's a risk, isn't it? This is a holy man. And and this holy man's people have treated him appallingly. This is a huge risk, but you know what he does? He takes Jesus at his word. That's quite a special thing. He takes Jesus at his word. And when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, yours is the kingdom of God, he believes him. When Jesus says, blessed are you who mourn, for you shall be comforted, 
he believes him. He takes Jesus at his word and he lies waiting for Jesus to come by. Sure enough, Jesus finishes the sermon and comes down the mountainside. The crowd are looking for the relevant, the spectacular and the powerful. Jesus is looking for a leper. And this leper comes and kneels down before him. The visual Bible, a video of the Bible, puts it really dramatically. The disciples turn away. They can't bear the smell or even looking at this leper. And they're scared stiff they're going to catch something from him. So they turn and cover their mouths. Jesus goes to him. The amazing words are here. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Verse 3. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. We don't have to go very far back to preachers to find them wrestling with this. G. Campbell Morgan, one of the greatest preachers uh, of the last century, Westminster Chapel, he said, well, there must be some misunderstanding here because there's no way Jesus would actually touch a leper before he healed him. He must have healed him before he touched him because otherwise Jesus would be defiled. Not so. That's the whole point of it. Jesus entered in to that man's pain. There's a hymn, Meekness and Majesty, talks about hands that threw stars into space. The hands that threw stars into space reached out and touched the leper. Eyes that had seen the beginning of eternity and the end of eternity, gazed eye to eye with the leper. I am willing, Jesus said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. So what's this got to do with being relevant or spectacular or powerful? Well, it's not particularly relevant. The whole crowd were against lepers. It's not a popularist move. It's not even a pragmatic move. It's a tiny, tiny move. But it meant the world to this one man and to all of us who feel on the outskirts of things. It's not very spectacular either because this is what Jesus says to the man. Then Jesus said to him, verse 4, see that you don't tell anyone. Here's Jesus with the power to to make infectious diseases go away. And he says, be careful. Don't accidentally let it slip out. That I've healed you. Keep it secret. It's not spectacular. I'm not about being spectacular. That's what Jesus says. And it's not about being powerful because, look at this, Jesus doesn't want any of the glory here. He says, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Go to the priest who cast you out. Let him shave you and examine you that he might bring you in. That you might be again with your children. You might be again with your family, your home, your trade, 
You who are outside, come in. But I don't want any of the glory. Go to the priest and do what Moses says. This is phenomenal. This is our God. If we take Jesus at his word, we believe it when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father apart from me. We believe it when Jesus says, whoever believes in me, streams of living water will flow from them. If we take Jesus at his word, we believe that whoever believes in him, even though they die, will never perish. If we take Jesus at his word, we believe this, that when Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to its full, that he's not lying. Beautiful words. So what about us? Well, two things, I think, for us. The first is, we are all called, those of us that call ourselves Christian, are all called to be parables of Jesus. What do I mean by that? Well, well, Jesus told parables. You know, he'd say the kingdom of God is like a farmer who goes out into his field with a bag full of corn seeds, and uh, that's called grain, isn't it? And throws it around. And he throws it all over the place, and some of it lands in a hedge, and some of it lands on a path, and some of it lands on rocky ground, and some of it lands in the field. That's what the kingdom of God's like. And he goes on to talk about it, and he makes the hidden kingdom of God, the invisible kingdom of God, visible. And we're called to be like that of Jesus. To make the hidden Jesus visible. When Aaron and Ian cuddle each other in tears, there's a parable of Jesus. His deep friendship, his open arms, his non judgmental attitude. Jesus says, Whoever is like a little child, theirs is the kingdom of God. That's the best parable of the kingdom of God. Unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, unless you become like that, open and excited, you can't enter. We're called to be parables of Jesus. And we should expect that from our leaders. We should expect that from me and the people that will follow me. That they don't run after the relevant. They don't run after the spectacular. But they don't run after the powerful. But they run after Jesus. And they model his life. Now we all fail. And there is grace for us because none of us are Jesus. But we're called to be parables. Making the unseen Jesus seen. The other thing in this passage that speaks to us is that at one time or another we know what it's like to be on our own. We know what it's like to be ostracized, forgotten, shunned. We know what it's like 
to feel as if we've got a bell and a big sign round our neck that says unclean. And this passage tells us that for moments like that, Jesus is right there. I am willing, he says, to all of us. I am willing to enter into your life. I am willing to draw near. I am willing. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you love this world so much that you gave Jesus to us as an example of how to live. And by his death, the power to live. I thank you that because he lived and died for us, all our sins are washed away. Not just Aaron's, not just Ian's, but all of us who believe. Father, we are sorry that we don't always live as parables of you. Would you forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us? And Father, we ask for all of us, for any of us who have ever felt alone, that you would draw incredibly near and that by your Holy Spirit, you would come and touch us, touch our frail bodies, open our blind eyes, and set us free. In Jesus' name, amen.